Hi, this is Wilson with Renew Church OC. Thanks for jumping into our podcast. Over the next three months, our new series is called Lineage, and we're going to walk through major characters of the Old Testament from Abraham all the way to Daniel and understand the movement of the nation of Israel. This is important because it's part of our lineage. Our lineage isn't just made up of our ethnic or national identity, but as Christians, it's primarily this Old Testament story. Abraham is the father of our faith. And in Ephesians, we learn that God is making one people, Jewish and Gentiles, into the story of lineage, of how God has called a people to himself. So I hope that as you read the Old Testament, it wouldn't just be stories of dead old Jewish guys, but you would look at it as your own ancestry, as part of your story and the story that we're continuing. Hope you enjoy our new series. Good morning, church. It's a privilege to share God's word with you today. I've been learning so much through our lineage series. It's wonderful to see God move in the lives of his people. Today, we'll be looking at Deborah a godly influencer, learning how to call people to step into their God-given destiny. Would you turn to the book of Judges with me? First, a bit of historical background. The book of Judges took place between the time period of conquest, where Joshua brought the Israelite into the promised land, and kings, when the Israelite had kings as rulers. During this period of time, the Israelite was supposed to complete the conquest by taking over the entire region, which included 35 city-states. When they did not obey God and got lazy, they would end up being influenced into idol worship, child sacrifices, and did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. This is their rebellion phase. And the consequence of that is that God would let them be oppressed by the enemies, and they would cry out in misery in repentance. And God would then restore them by raising up judges to deliver them from oppression. And this is a sin cycle that is repeated many times during the book of Judges. Today, we'll be learning from the life of one of the judges, Deborah. Her story is found in Judges chapter 4 and 5, reading from chapter 4, verse 1. And the people of Israel again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, after Ehud died. And the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, the king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. The commander of his army was Sisera, who lived in Hiroshev Hagoyim. Then the people went out to the Lord, called out to the Lord for help, for he had 900 chariots of iron, and he oppressed the people of Israel cruelly for 20 years. Here in verse 1 to 3, we see that Ehud, the judge, had died, and the Israelites again slipped into that sin cycle doing what was evil in the sight of the Lord. This time they were sold to the Canaanite king Jabin and oppressed by the great army led by Sisera. For 20 years, the Israelites suffered under the military power of Sisera, which included 900 iron chariots. It's kind of like our modern day tanks. Meanwhile, the Israelites had only bronze, handmade, homemade weapons. So the Israelites cry out to God again for help. And then again, God raised up a judge in the person of Deborah to deliver them. There is much we can learn from Deborah as a godly influencer. I want to highlight three of those leadership qualities. A godly influencer, one, speaks life, two, journeys alongside, three, ministers from a place of worship. 
Godly influencer speaks life. Now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Labadoth, was judging Israel at that time. She used to sit under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the people of Israel came up to her for judgment. She sent for and summoned Barak, the son of Abomniam, in Kedesh, Nateli, and said to him, Has not the Lord, the God of Israel, commanded you? Go gather your men at Mount Tabor, taking 10,000 from the people of Nateli and the people of Zebulun. And then I will draw out Sisera, the general of Jabin's army, to meet you by the river Kishon with his chariot and his troops, and I will give him into your hands. Who is Deborah? She's first a prophetess. A prophetess is a female prophet, not a wife of a prophet. She's a prophet because she hears from God and communicates what she hears to the people. Secondly, she's a wife. She's married with a husband and home to care for, but there is no other information whether she has any biological children. Although in chapter, seven, chapter five, verse seven, she referred to herself as the mother of Israel, the nurturing heart of a mother is definitely in her. Thirdly, she's a judge. Deborah is the fourth judge out of 12 mentioned in the book of Judges. She's the only female judge in the culture in those days. It is really unheard of. Imagine all the obstacles she must have had to overcome in order to obey God's calling. In addition, she's the only female judge that is also a prophet at the same time. During more peaceful time, a judge would set up court and settle disputes. And in Judges chapter 2, verse 16, it tells us that God raised up judges to deliver Israelites from oppression. That's a judge's main job, to be a deliverer, a liberator, and a defender. Verse 6 tells us that she sent for Barak from Kedash Naphtali. This city is about 75 miles from the hill country of Ephraim, where Deborah is. What kind of, key, <clears throat> what kind of place is Kedash Naphtali? It is a refuge city. There are six designated refuge city in Israel. Joshua 20 verse three tells us their purpose, that the manslayer who strikes any person without intent or unknowingly may flee there. They shall be for you a refuge from the avenger of blood. So if you kill somebody accidentally, that's the place to run to. Kedash Nateli is one of those refuge cities. People go there to be protected and they lived there for, in peace for the rest of their lives. So Barak was hanging out there, not doing very much, but clearly he had an assignment from God, which he was not obeying. When Deborah summoned the disobedient Barak for a face-to-face -face meeting, there were many ways she could have spoken to him. She could have scolded him, she could have chewed him out, but she just calmly asked him a clarifying question. Has not the Lord, the God of Israel, commanded you? Deborah was direct, straightforward, but not condemning in her communication with Barak. She plainly reminded him to be all that God called him to be, to fulfill the role that God created him to play at that time. Speak life. Speak life. That is the first quality of being an influencer for God. It is using your voice to speak God's truth into someone's life. During my high school and early college days, I dated a non-believer on and off for about five years. So you can imagine the drama involved. And spiritually though, I had gone to a place where I really desired to serve God as a missionary. 
Then a close friend sat me down and gently brought up the subject. I know you love God and want to serve him full time at some point. How do you see that working with you being a, in a committed relationship with someone who doesn't share the same passion? I was convicted. He was right and I needed to make a decision. Do you have friends like that who will speak God's truth into your life? And are you willing to be that kind of person to your friends? Do not underestimate the power of godly influence you can have through your words. Ephesians 4.29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. We could do so much for one another by calling out the true identity in Christ that is grounded in God's word. For the last two years at a young adults retreat, we have made a part of our meeting room into an encouragement wall. A bag is designated for each attendee and people get to write words of encouragement, blessings or prayers to each other throughout the retreat. At the end of the retreat, each person get to take the big bag home. And I know that everyone looks forward to reading those notes. I certainly do. I have kept all of mine. And once in a while I would read them. And they are special because they speak life into our spirits. But why just at retreats? Why not more often during the year as we interact with each other to build one another up? Godly influencers speaks life. They sow seeds of encouragement, the kind of encouragement that speak God's truth into someone's life. Let God use you as his mouthpiece to encourage his people down God's divine path. Secondly, God's influencer, godly influencer journeys alongside. Let's read on and see what Barak's response was to Deborah. Barak said to her, if you will go with me, I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. And she said, I will surely go with you. Nonetheless, nevertheless, the role on which you travel, which you will go, will not lead to your glory. For the Lord will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. Then Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kedash. And Barak called Sebulun and Naphtali to Kedash. And 10,000 men went up at his heels, and Deborah went up with him. Barak's response was one of cowardice and conditional obedience. If you go, I'll go. But if you won't go, I'm not going. Again, Deborah could have berated him, but she engaged him instead, and she was patient and she listened. Not only that, she went one step further. She agreed to go with him. Godly influencers journey alongside those she leads. In order to accompany Barak, Deborah would have to make many sacrifices. She, she has to leave her home for an extended period of time, travel with him 75 miles back to Kedash, help him rally and prepare the 10,000 troops from the two regions, Naphtali and Sebulun, and finally marched with the troop to Mount Tabor for this battle to take place. Not only did Deborah encourage Barak to follow and obey the Lord, she journeyed alongside him. Let's read the rest of the story. Verse 12, when Sisera was told that Barak the son of Abinoham had gone up to Mount Tabor, Sisera called out all his chariots, 900 chariots of iron, on all the men who were with him, from Hiroshev Hagoyim to the river Kishon. And Deborah said to Barak, up, 
for this is the day in which the Lord has given Sisera into your hand. Does not the Lord go before you? Deborah again spoke courage into Barak. Does not the Lord go before you? Barak was probably pretty scared at the sight of the 900 iron chariots. And so Barak went down from Mount Tabor with the 10,000 men following him. Verse 15, the Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and all his armies before Barak by the edge of the sword. And Sisera got down from his chariots and fled away on foot. And Barak pursued the chariots and the army to Hiroshev Hagoyim. They were chased all the way back home. And all the armies of the Sisera fell by the edge of the sword. Not a man was left. But Sisera fled away on foot to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite. For there was peace between Jabin the king of Hazor and the house of Heber the Kenite. And Jael came out to meet Sisera and said to him, Turn aside, my lord, turn aside to me, do not be afraid. So he turned aside to her into the tent, and she covered him with a rug. And he said to her, Please give me a little water to drink, for I am thirsty. So she opened the skin of milk and gave him a drink and covered him. And he said to her, Stand at the opening of the tent, and if any man comes and asks you, Is anyone here? Say no. But Jael, the wife of Heber, took a ten peg and took a hammer in her hand. Then she went softly to him and drove the peg into his temple until it went down into the ground while he was lying fast asleep from weariness. So he died. And behold, as Barak was pursuing Sisera, Jael went out to meet him and said to him, Come, I'll show you the man whom you are seeking. So he went into her tent, and there lay Sisera, dead, with a ten peg in his temple. Everything took place exactly as Deborah said God would do. The enemy commander Sisera was more than happy to flex his military muscle, knowing he had 900 iron chariots. What he did not expect was that the heavens were against him. Chapter 5 provides some of the battle details. There's no need to turn there. What it tells us is that there was a huge rainstorm. The downpour caused the Kishan River to swell, and this flood gets the ground all muddy, and you can imagine for iron chariots, that's bad news. The Lord made it possible for Barak to wipe out Sisera's army with ease. Barak gave chase to Sisera, but it was Jael, a woman, who drove a tent pack through Sisera's temple and finished him. The glory indeed went to a woman. Deborah encouraged Barak and journeyed alongside him until he arrived at his God-given destiny. You know, when my friend sat me down gently and gently confronted me about my relationship, I knew I had to make a decision. And as expected, after the breakup, I was a pretty big mess. My friend stayed in touch, visited me, prayed with me through the pain toward the destiny God had for me. Each of us has a destiny, a role we were created to play in life that will give us the most delight. Satan hates this and wants to do everything in his deceptive power to distract us, to derail us. Community is where we can be godly influences to each other, journeying with each other in the highs and the lows. Lastly, godly influencer ministers from a place of worship. This may be the last point, but I feel like it's the most important point. Chapter 5 is a song of worship. We don't have time to go into every verse this morning, but Deborah is a worship leader, a singer, and a songwriter. 
Her song of worship in chapter 5 is authentic and reflects her genuine relationship with God. She knows her God. She knew full well who was in control and that God would be the victor. In verse 4, it says, The Lord, when you went out from Seir, when you marched from the region of Edom, the earth trembled, the heavens dropped, yes, the clouds dropped water, the mountains quaked before the Lord. She saw God's hand moving in the physical realm. The mountains didn't just quake, it quaked before the Lord. Verse 20, From the heavens the stars fought, from the courses they fought against Sisera. Again, she was able to see how the battle is fought in the spiritual realm as much as it is fought in the physical realm. Deborah also understood the power of worship, that any battle against the enemy starts with worshiping the one who brings victory. You know, after lamenting the plight of her people from verse 6 to 11, she gives a call to action in verse 12. Awake, awake, O Deborah. Awake, awake, break out in a song. Arise, Barak, lead away your captives. Her call was first a call to worship and then battle. Song comes before the sword. Godly influencers are ultimately worshipers. Everything we say and do must flow from a heart of worship and intimacy with God. I encourage you to read chapter 5 on your own time and be inspired to write your own song of worship, your own song of victory. Deborah's influence touched the nation and brought peace to Israel for 40 years. You and I may not be a worshiping warrior like Deborah, who's a prophetess, a wife, a judge, but I believe we're all called to be influencers in our own social circle, to call people to step into their God-given destiny, speak life, journey alongside, minister from a place of worship. Let's pray. Holy God, you are the life giver. You are the life speaker who spoke creation into being. You are the speaker of life who promises to journey alongside us always. We are grateful and humble by your love. Make us godly influencers for your kingdom to call people to step into their God-given destiny. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.